you were always on guard for a, a quality inspection. I loved it when it when it happened. Uh, we we had the we always had the um, as soon as the greeters knew. There's generally two greeters. One would uh, get the greeting from the quality inspector. The other one would run to the back and get the get the manager. And the manager would rush out as fast as they could to greet and stall. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody was getting prepared uh, for, for, things, for things in the back. And uh, generally, you wanted to be ready for this guy, but most of the time, you were not. And I once, uh, speaking of the final return of Jesus... I once saw a bumper sticker that I never got over. It said, Jesus is coming soon. Look busy. In other words, look like you're doing something good. All of those things totally missed the point of what is taking place on the last Sunday of the church here. And then what will take place on the very last day. In last week's gospel reading, we saw Jesus speaking of things that would take place before he returned. And he was painting what seemed to be a very bleak and concerning picture. And I know that, I know that um, all of us tend to look at the way that things are in the world and we worry. You know, if we're parents of young children... Uh, like, like I am, we tend to look and we get worried about the future. What's it going to be like in America? What's it going to be like for my children? Are they going to be forced to do things they don't want to do? Are they going to be a generation that has to take a stand under, Christ, or under persecution of Christians? We look around and we see a nation rising against nation, just as Jesus predicted, which has been going on ever since Jesus predicted this. Jesus wants us to stay awake. And Jesus warned us last week that not only would things get bad, not only would Christians stand before governors and leaders of the world, but Christians would be turned over by family members turned over to death. This all sounded very scary. And I think we relate to this scariness. Not only with what Jesus was predicting as he looked out over, uh, looked out over the Temple Mound, but also I think we find it scary ourselves. In our own nation, we see problems in our own country. We see abortions. We see the erosion of the family. I I was reading that, I was reading uh, this just past week, that just as many uh, children are in uh, families with both parents, uh, that's uh, with both of their natural parents, there are just as many outside of living with their natural parents. It's a, it's a, it's a one, like a one in two chance 
that you that you, in our country that you would grow up with both of your uh, with both of your parents. The erosion of the, of the family it's a it's a real thing. Uh, we see racial tension in our country uh, that never seems to go away. Uh, right from the very beginning of our country, it has been this way. And we can't, and we see uh, more and more of what we're labeling now as hate crimes taking place. Uh, people getting fed up and losing their minds and going in and uh, shooting up places, uh, places where people gather for worship, places where people gather for recreation. People feel unsafe no matter where they go. We live in a scary world. A world much like the one that Jesus described last week. But Jesus also told us last week. He he didn't sugarcoat things. It wasn't like the 1950s uh, Christmas radio programs. He didn't sugarcoat things. He tells us exactly how it is. But then he says this. Do not be alarmed. See, even though it doesn't always seem like it, he's in control. Our epistle lesson says, but you, like this is how it is, but you, beloved, you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, you keep yourselves in the love of God. Waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. This is the world. This is you. You stay in God's love. No matter what's going on, you don't have to abide in the news. You don't have to abide in in the craziness and social media. You do have to abide in his love. Jesus says it in John 15. Jude says it here. But you stay in his love, building yourselves up. The world may seem like it's falling apart, but you are not to fear. We keep ourselves in the love of God, which is made known to us, Jude says, in the most holy faith. The faith that we were baptized into. Things may be scary, but we rest in the shelter of our Lord uh, as, as the hymn goes. In this shelter, he feeds us with his true body and blood, which reassures us that we are never alone. Even in this tribulation, he has promised, especially in this tribulation, he has promised Lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. His body and blood give us further testimony. As he says, take eat, take drink. Out of his body flows the church, which he will never leave, nor will he ever forsake. He's not going to give up on you. The book of Jude bids us to also look for others who run to the shelters, other shelters in this great tribulation. He says, you stay in this love, but be looking for those over here. 
Be looking for people that don't have the peace that surpasses all understanding. They need to know the love that you are abiding in. We read, have mercy on those who doubt. Don't say, what's wrong with you? God's got it under control. Say, I understand. I'm afraid too. That's why I rest in the shelter. When somebody shares something with you, that's not an opportunity to say, well, I guess you should be a Christian. It's an opportunity to say, I understand. It's an opportunity to say, here's where I return, because I have those same feelings. I have those same scared tendencies. This is where I go. He says, we want to have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. Don't give up, even on deathbeds. To show others mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. That means, as you're reaching out, don't forget whose you are. Does that make sense? Sometimes when, you reach, when you're reaching out to somebody who's negative, you want to give them peace that surpasses understanding. Sometimes it's a lot easier to just start saying, and you know what's worse? And you know what's worse? And you know what's worse? Ah! You, get, you, get just, you get scareder than they did. And you, you make them even more afraid. Or you say, well, I'm going to go out to the bars to witness to people, and then you become the biggest drunk there. You know what I mean? Don't get caught up in the things of this world. Even in this storm, we have peace because of Jesus' promise. He tells us in today's reading, but in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. This will be concerning for the world. To you, this is my deliverer is coming. You may have hated the movie, um, uh, I can't remember if it was Justice League or Superman. You may have hated this movie. But there's this scene where uh, Lois Lane is like, she is trapped. And it's everybody that was with her was killed. And she is afraid And then all of a sudden, the sky starts rumbling. And you look and you hear the sound of the breaking of the the speed of sound. It's a... And you get a close-up. Her deliverer, Superman, is on his way. And he busts right through the... busts right through the things, uh, through the doors, uh, leaving just rumblings around and this guy thinks he still has her under his control he has the knife up to her head and then 
boom. That guy's into next week. We're not afraid. When these things start happening, our deliverer is coming. It reminds me of Psalm 18. Listen to this psalm from David. David says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my stronghold. You see, even when all the world threatened David and the king of his nation was against him, demanding his death, David said God was his rock, God was his fortress, God was his deliverer. This scary world was nothing for our Lord, and David knows this. David continues, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death, they encompassed me, they entangled me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. Everywhere he looked. And you know what? Everywhere we look. The news is filled with death. It is. In all of this, the world looks pretty bleak. And for David, it seemed as though there was no way out. For us, it seems the same way. But he continues, In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. And from his temple, he heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth reeled, the earth rocked, the foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked. You'd think it was big with Superman coming for Lois Lane. The whole foundations of the earth began to fall away. Why? Because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth, glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and he came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, thick clouds, dark with water. And he sent from on high. He's directing the angels coming to come out to get you, to rescue you. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me. For my enemies were too mighty for me. My enemies, they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. My friends, as a Christian, Jesus says that we will be hated for the name that we bear. 
But look who delights in you. He has promised that he will come and he will rescue you. Until that day, we keep ourselves in his love, which he pours out for us in his word and sacrament every day. You know what? You're not dreading Jesus coming like the restaurant manager dreads. I can't even think of their name. (laughs) Dreads the... The inspector. We're not worried. We offer ourselves up to the inspector every day. Right? We say, search me. See if there be any wickedness in me. Take it out. Forgive it. Make it new. I don't want to hide from you. I don't want you to overlook anything. I want you to clean it all. Forgive me. Renew me. By the blood that you shed on the cross, let it not go to waste. Let it be for even the darkest things in my life. I'm not afraid of you. Your perfect love casts away all my fear. But if I've been hiding from the inspector all my life, that day will be dreadful. Because what you've been trying to hide will be exposed. He gave his body and shed his blood to wash it in the days of his mercy. He has boundless mercy. Uh, At the same same time, we're either never going to accept it or, or, or we will refuse it. Until the day of his return, Jesus says, be on guard, keep awake. In other words, we're to anticipate his promise each and every day. He says, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of his house will come. In the evening, at midnight, when the cock crows in the morning, lest he come out suddenly and find you asleep. He bids us to stay in his love and to continually Hope for his return. Be like Lois Lane, not like the guy trying to get Lois Lane. You know what I'm saying? That coming was dread for that guy. It was not for her. And for the church, it will be dread for those who want to shut up the church, who would rather she be removed. But for the church... It will be vindication. It will be rescue. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until that day when he returns for you. Amen.